In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. We have this saying called living the life. And what it means, of course, is that everything happening in your life is perfect. You've got no worries. Everything is happening as you've planned it. And there's nothing you would change. You are living the life. Well, Father John Carrillo asked me again today what the title of my homily was. The title is Living the Christian Life. Thank you. (laughs) He's just got to have a title for these things. Living the Christian Life. Subtitled, I Never Promised You a Rose Garden. Living the Christian Life isn't living the life. And it's not exactly the opposite of living the life, but it's definitely much, much harder. We will work on living the Christian life in whatever rose garden God has given us today. Luke's gospel lesson from today is actually his record of part of the Sermon on the Mount. Normally we look to Matthew for that, But Luke also recorded it in his gospel. And the Sermon on the Mount can be looked at as a blueprint for our Christian life. It gives us a lot of things that we can look at. I I wish that were the entirety of it. That way we may not need all of this, plus everything else we do, just the three chapters. But no, it's, it's a good start for us for a blueprint for living the Christian life. And as we pick up Luke's narrative today in in his gospel, the Lord has just gone through that list that we call the Beatitudes. And Luke then picks it up with the Lord giving us what we tend to call the golden rule. Yeah, we'll say, uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Well, what the Lord actually says as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. Now, it's not a bad philosophy to live by. It's pretty natural to want people to treat you in a way you feel you should be treated. Sometimes we don't treat them back that way, however. So we need to work on that. And in most situations, we need to keep that in mind, that we need to treat others as we wish to be treated by them. Except it's not a philosophy as the Lord gives it. It's not a suggestion. He didn't say, you know, it'd be a good idea if you did this. Or maybe things would work better if you did it this way. He said, as you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. It is a command. Now, I actually want to back up a few verses because just to get some context for what's going on here. And if we go back up to the Beatitudes, which, of course, we sung today, the third antiphon, if you will, the entrance uh, with the gospel. We love the Beatitudes. And they're tremendous things for us as we look for this blueprint on how we're going to live our life. But they're not necessarily easy either. I mean... It says we're blessed. We're blessed when we mourn. 
And we're blessed when we are merciful to others. And we're blessed when we're meek. And the one that I love most of all, when we're peacemakers. For that, we become then the sons of God. We mourn and we're comforted. We're merciful and we obtain mercy. We're meek and we inherit the earth. And we're peacemakers and we're the sons of God. That's tough enough to follow, but we have a great reward if we can follow those beatitudes. But moving on to verse 27, right after the beatitudes, Luke writes that the Lord says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Now that one's tough. You know, sometimes it's tough to be meek and peacemakers and uh, merciful. But now I'm supposed to love my enemies? I mean, if you go look up enemy in the dictionary, it's kind of like this is exactly the opposite of what an enemy is. It's not someone you love. But yet we're supposed to love them, we're supposed to bless those who curse us and pray for those who spitefully use us. But there's more. It's like those commercials on TV, you know. There's more. Verse 29. Uh, to him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. Now, the Beatitudes are really starting to look good right now. They're much, much easier to deal with than these things that the Lord has said right after that. So it is hard. We didn't get promised a rose garden. In fact, what we got promised was a bunch of thorns. So we do finally get to Luke's gospel today, the lesson for today. And as I said, what the Lord said was not a suggestion, it's a command. As you wish that men would do to you, do so to them. You say, ah, is it a command? Well, yeah, it's a command if you keep reading what follows, because as soon as he says to uh, treat them as you want them to treat you, he says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And I think about my own self, and I can think about the way I would like the people whom I love, how I want them to treat me, and can sometimes think, well, have I treated them in that manner myself? And it even brings to mind, to me, the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. Of course, we devote a Sunday of Lent to this parable. But, you know, that publican, he could stand there and say, I tithe, I pray, I do all of these things. And yet, he turns around and he's, he judges those around him. These adulterers, these sinners, tax collectors. And, of course, the Lord says, who went away justified that day? And it was the publican, not the Pharisee. It's because he wasn't treating people 
the way he wanted them to treat him. Luke goes on, or I should say the Lord goes on, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. So, so far, what really we're doing is saying if you're loving and uh, giving to those whom you love, so far, you're, we're just like everybody else. And we're called to be more than that. You know, it says, by the way, I, I just a couple little quick things here. I, you know, you talk about giving uh, without expecting anything in return. And of course, you know, there's many, many people holding signs at the end of exit ramps and, you know, in front of stores. And uh, a few weeks ago, I was going in to pick up some food. And there was a guy outside with the sign. And, you know, he said he was hungry. And anything would help, God bless. And I, um, I knew exactly what was in my wallet. I had nothing smaller than a five. And, you know, I usually try to give a couple bucks here and there. But, you know, I looked at that guy and I thought, you know, I'm just going to give him a five. And I handed him that five and his eyes lit up. And he told me that that was two days of eating for him. Now, I was going to go spend twice that on one meal. And um, I got blessed. I truly did. My wife was uh, driving one day, and some guy was holding a sign up. And uh, she reached into her purse. And I don't think she realized it, but she grabbed a 20 and handed it to a guy. You did know? OK, she did it on purpose. She handed the guy a 20. And as she handed it to him, he said, thank you, God bless. He looked at it. And he looked back at her and said, God, really bless. <laughs> and you know what? I think he did. He did. So now in the gospel, by the way, after the Lord's telling us to do good and to give and to love to all, we're back to where we started, which is Jesus commanding us to love our enemies, do good, lend and expect nothing in return. It's what we call a gut check, I think. You know, it's at that point in time when things seem to be going against you and you really need to take stock of what, what do you have in your gut? What do you have that you can dig down deep and say, how am I going to respond to this? Am I just going to lay down, roll over, and die, or am I going to go back and fight? And that's what we have here. So we need something encouraging about this, and we go to St. Paul's lesson today. In 2 Corinthians, <clears throat> first St. Paul tells us who it is that we're dealing with and who's working in us. And he says, it is the God who said, let light shine out of the darkness who has shown in our hearts. Who, who said let light shine out of the darkness? God the creator of all, the creator of us, everything. So that's who we're working with. That's who's in us. And he goes on to say that he, God, then gives the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So now we see Jesus with that same light, that same glory from the one who said, let light shine out of darkness. We're dealing with God when we're, when we're dealing with Jesus. 
Paul acknowledges we're human, we're weak, and he says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And, but it's in earthen vessels to show that it's not us, but it's God. Because we can overcome these things, we can. But it's not us, and it's not just that gut check and saying, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm really going to fight hard, and I'm going to run fast, and I'm going to hit hard, and I'm going to do everything I can. But it's not just that, it is God who's working in us. And it's hard to be, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. He goes on in verse 8, and this is where it gets encouraging. This is encouraging. Um, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So no, we don't have a rose garden, but we do have God's help. And it's hard sometimes to continue on because we do become afflicted and persecuted and perplexed and struck down. But even so, we're not crushed and we're not forsaken or driven to despair or even destroyed. So yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes to live the Christian life. Sometimes living the life looks a whole lot better. But there's more to it than that. We're supposed to love our enemies and do more for them than they do for us. We need to remember what St. Paul also says, that knowing that he who raised the Lord, Jesus, will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. So that's the promise we have. And our reward for living the life is given back by the Lord in Luke. He says, your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. And so, may we obey the Lord's final admonition in, his, uh, in Luke's Gospel today. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. And to him belongs all praise, honor, and glory now and ever, and unto ages of ages. Amen.